2: You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network.
1: Hey, everybody, hope you're well. Welcome back to the Betting Weekly EPL podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I'm delighted to be joined by these two brilliant gentlemen. First of all, Mr. Nigel Seeley, who's getting ready to jet off again. Are you ever even in England anymore? <laughs> Uh, air miles are clocking up mate the air miles
0: are clocking up <laughs> yeah free carriage clock for the missus for Christmas lovely from the air miles so yeah no I, yeah I'm in Rome this week I'm going to the golf on Sunday um, you'll see the videos on because we in. but breaking news not about my videos Harry's going to do two videos this week can't believe yeah. it uh, Ah, yeah. oh, he's going to be at the QPR game video there Saturday and uh, they give his thoughts on the Brentford Arsenal. Uh, we know what them thoughts are going to be, so we don't really need to see <laughs> that. But no, yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm in at the golf on, on Saturday, and then uh, I'm, t- I'm taking my taking my mum and dad away, Harry. It's just as nice guy I am, you know. It's their a 50th wedding
1: nice anniversary. So you're taking them on a work trip and passing it off as though you're taking them uh, away for a break, basically. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. I, never, I
0: never, I never, I never chose the day they got married. I wasn't True. even born, it's not my fault, it coincides with the Italian Open Gulf and the, uh, and the England-Italy international, not my, not my fault, <laughs> there if, if, if there was something going on in another European capital, we'd be going to Madrid or we'd be going to Barcelona, <laughs> but we're going to Rome, so they are be looking forward to it mate.
1: Rome is beautiful, you'll enjoy it I'm sure. Um, Jack also joins us, Jack Wright, how are you? I'm very well mate, thank you, yeah, yeah,
2: I'm jetting off as well this weekend. Lovely, where are you off to? Norwich.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> who are they playing this weekend, Jack? Um, we've got um, Steve Bruce's last game in charge uh, for West Brom. Mm. He, that's, that's
0: quite a that's quite a thing for Norwich to give him the sack. Quite quite a, yeah. unless, he, unless he makes it, he might not even make the game.
2: No, it's the thing. I'm hoping they hang on just in enough time. I saw the end of their uh, game last night. Yeah, it weren't pretty. So uh, yeah, I'm
1: off to watch that one this weekend. So um, we'll see what happens there. Hold on a minute, Jack. There was Champions League football and you chose to watch Steve Bruce's West Brom. The prep I put in for
2: Because We Win, the EFL Championship programme, is knows no
1: bounds. Good. That's what we like to hear. Brilliant stuff. Uh, let's dive in then uh, to this weekend's games. And I, I think these two have been reading each other's minds because uh, there's some very similar choices here. But I want to get some explanation and some sort of analysis from both of you around some of these games. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Jack. Um, let's get your take, first of all, on the game between Newcastle and Bournemouth because uh, you've picked out a couple of things from this one. Uh, talk to us about the game.
2: Yeah, I think this is a, a game that Newcastle will obviously earmark as a uh, a very winnable one. Um, I think they've got a, quite a lot of frustration at the moment through one thing and another. Came close to beating Man City, obviously, at uh, St James's Park a, a few weeks ago. And then we're really frustrated by one Crystal Palace's goalkeeper in their last home game and two by their, their are in that as well, which ruled out a which I think most people thought was a was a, a perfectly fair goal. So um they've got a very, very strong home record. We know that under Eddie Howe. They only lost twice under him at home in since he took over. Um, and that's a a run of like 17 games, and those defeats came at home to um, the top two from last season, Liverpool and Man City, so no real shame in that, and uh, other than that, they just look extremely strong, Um, a real good record there, obviously, the crowd are now back well on side, they're loving it, it's it's a tough place to go for anyone, Um, and I think, um, yeah, against this Bournemouth side that we know got a great result themselves last time out, but uh, were two down, obviously, at uh, uh, half time before a little tweak turned it round. And uh, I think going to St. James's Park, taking on Newcastle is a different story to um, to taking on a, a Forest side that are still trying to find their feet, obviously, in the Premier League. So, had a few injuries, Newcastle. Um, but hopefully, we'll see uh, their the key guys back for that. Alan Sam Maximan and um, Bruno Gamaraj, obviously, close to fitness now. So, hopefully, we'll see them in the match they squad at least. And uh, potentially even uh, getting some minutes on the pitch as well. Isaac's obviously come in um, to soften the blow of losing Callum Wilson. Wilson, so um, yeah, scored in his, on his debut against Liverpool. Gold is allowed as well, so that's looking good. I think that's a great sign, in as well, looking forward to seeing him this season. So I just feel that yeah, as far as the goals are concerned, I can't see Newcastle not having a little bit of a field day against this Bournemouth side they have still got their um, kind of championship defence set up uh, set a couple of decent results under Gary O'Neill. but um, So this is a step up in class for them, I think, from what they've had. And they have struggled away from home despite that good result last time out. So um, the bet for me is, is for, for Newcastle to score um, over one and a half goals and also um, to, to uh, take over five and a half corners as well. So the corner front for them is uh, crazy. They've, they've got the highest corner average in the league. Um, at home um, averaging just under 10 29 corners are taken in their opening three games um, they've taken 13 in two of their last three games as well so obviously we know what they're going to get at St James is the crowd are going to be pushing them on they don't they don't let up to they, they're not a side that will go one or two up and then sit back and, and take it easy they're a side that will go full throttle for the full 90 minutes and um, as I said we'll Hence why they, they, they win so many corners. They just keep going. And obviously, with some of the players that they've got in there, the attacking direct players that they have, then it just results in uh, plenty of action in that final third. Um, goals, corners, and a, and, a, and a nice mix. And I just felt that was a good way to get Newcastle onside against the Bournemouth side that we have faded a fair amount this season. And um, we'll probably look to continue to do that despite a, a, small, a slight upturn.
1: Nigel, you're attacking this one slightly differently. Uh, Talk to us about sort of your thoughts on this game.
0: Well, I agree with pretty much everything that Jack said there in terms of how good Newcastle, what a total total difference St James's Park is since the the Mike Ashley days to what they are now. I mean, it, it was like going back to Newcastle when the Premier League started. It was a real, real intimidating place. The crowd wanted them to win. I went to a few games when Mike Ashley was in charge, and oh, it was it was dreadful. I mean, people walking out, people were just turned. As soon as they went 1-0 down, the whole crowd just turned on the, on the owner and 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 the situation they found themselves in. Uh, that isn't the case anymore. Uh, and, it, and Eddie Howe was one of my bets, actually, to be the first manager to be sacked. I uh, couldn't have got that more wrong. The reason I did it was because I thought if he gets off to a bad start, they're going to be uh, very keen to to get rid of him, the owners, and new owners with the money he has to spend. But he's doing really, really, really well there. The only loss they've had this season is against Liverpool. And that was in the, what, the 94th, 95th minute goal, that, the stoppage time goal that, that yeah. stopped that that win or get that point. Uh, they should have beaten Manchester City, as Jack said. And at home, it's a really, really tough place to go. Uh, obviously, you've got to throw into the mix that Bournemouth are obviously managed by Eddie Howe. His backroom staff, mm-hmm. obviously, coaches there as well. So that makes it an interesting subplot. The other thing as well, I know these are Premier League football players, but for fans, this is the longest trip that you can probably go in. It is the longest trip you can go to in, in the Premier League. So it's a, it's a long way for the fans to go, and a long way for the fans to go back. And I think that long journey back is not going to be a very nice one for the Bournemouth fans. Bournemouth did do really well. I mean, they got hammered 9-0, sat the manager, uh, Scott Parker, and then they got a nil nil draw and a 3-2 win. But the defensive frailties were all to see in that first half against Nottingham Forest conceding two goals. And that is the big underlining problem that Newcastle, uh, that Bournemouth have so far this season. In the three last three road matches, they've well, they've conceded 15 goals, five a game, averaging five a game. And you go to a real, real, you know, passionate and uh, upbeat Newcastle. I think that spells a big, big problem for you. Um, Jack is absolutely right about the players coming back for Newcastle. I expect a few of them to start. I think Cannon Wilson's a, a 50-50 chance wherever he starts. He said he was going to be out for two weeks, and he made, made shock and start. I mean, obviously, he's a former Bournemouth player, so he will want to return. And he for, forms that formidable partnership with Isaac, uh, which is probably going to be one of the better strike partnerships in the Premier League. And it's got goals. It's certainly got goals in them. So um I like uh, Newcastle minus one goal here. and um, I think they're going to win. They're minus 250 to win. So I think some books have got them at minus $2. But if you think they're going to win, you, you know you, you get the push. If it's 1-0, if Jack's going for over one and a half goals, which um, against a Bournemouth side that uh, averaged five goals in their last three matches, I know it's a small sample, but that shows you where the problems lie. Uh, I like, I like, I like uh, uh, Newcastle here minus one on the Asian handicap, minus 136. I think it's a much better way of getting with Newcastle to win this game at a much better price than just them to win on the money line so newcastle minus 1 asian handicap against a bournemouth side that have got big big defensive frailties and uh, newcastle and the other thing i think the, inter- the the last week with the with the postponement of the premier league um helped newcastle massively because it gave them an extra week for their best better players yeah. to get fit for this game so i think that's a huge advantage for him they come in fresh a lot of players who needed the time to recuperate are back in the squad and i think bournemouth
2: will get a bit of a bit of a tonking in this
1: one Let- yeah. Go on, Jack. I was gonna say it so. it'll
2: be interesting to see um so I think the, the Gary O'Neill tweeted at half time against Forrest because they had nothing to lose. They were two down. It'd be interesting to see how he goes about this one. Regardless, one thing for sure is Newcastle won't let their kind of foot off the throat as such as as, as the way that Forrest did. So um yeah. We'll expect 90 minutes of, of of pure Newcastle gunning for it. Um, so I couldn't, I didn't have the the stats written down or the odds written down, but it's plus one three five the odds I'm taking on on that the same game parlay for me that I'm taking. So over one and a half goals for Newcastle and over five and a half corners for Newcastle. So uh, plus money, I, I, I like the look of it in two really strong areas uh, for Newcastle.
1: Maybe uh, I'm just much more old school than my uh, baby face suggests, but Gary O'Neill tweeting at half time. What is that about? Concentrate <laughs> on your team tool, concentrate on getting your players back up to speed. That's just, I don't know. You can get a football manager to tweet at half-time. You can get a presenter
0: to tweet before the match. (laughs) Can't you, Jack? Come on. Let's be fair. Come on, man. Have you
1: noticed, Jack? He keeps mentioning it on the podcast because he wants it on record. I
0: do want it on record. I want it on record. hundred (laughs) percent.
1: That's going to be a weird (laughs) edit when you cut that little bit out later. Don't worry, you'll get your videos. You'll get your videos. Okay. Um right, let's uh, let's move on to another game. Uh, let's come back to you, Jack. Everton versus West Ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, you two have got basically exactly well, exactly mm-hmm. the same bet on this. So I'll come yeah. to both of you for your kind of reasoning behind this. But Jack, we'll start mm-hmm. with yourself. Well, I'm glad you didn't say this one will last.
2: This is uh a proper dour looking affair, this one, isn't it? This is uh, like a war of attrition, I'd call it, for us to watch it as much as them to play in it. I think it's uh, the last game of the weekend, um, and they certainly haven't saved the best to last, as I said. So, um, the Goodison Park crowd, they're trying to trying to get that team going, they're trying to get things moving, aren't they? But they've been they've been treated to a massive three goals so far. In total, across their three games at home this season. 0 um, 0, obviously, the last time out, which they probably would have taken as it was against Liverpool and uh, local derby. And um, yeah, I think they, they, they gave it a go, but um, it was, uh, yeah, another. So nil nil, they've, they've had three goals in total across there. West Ham's away games don't fare too much better. Um, five goals across there, three away games. Um, so it's no surprise I'm going for under two and a half goals in this one at odds of minus one, three, two. Um, the, West Ham as well. The main thing for me here is is the, the fact that they've got a European game Thursday night They're away in Denmark as well, so it's not even at home. So, um Focus on that game. Look to go and get a result, regardless of them rotating how they're going to rotate. they have not they've got the biggest squad, but they can't go too mad as far as the rotation is concerned. And um, and then come back uh, for for a game on Sunday up up at Everton. So, uh, so again, it's not even a local one. It's not even a, a London game. So it's all going against them, and and it just means I think you, you often see it those games following on from uh, 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 an away day in Europe. Especially those Thursday night Europa League ones tends to be just a little bit flat, a little bit stodgy. And uh, I saw them last time they played away uh, against Villa, and um, or I saw that game uh, against Villa, and and it was two really out of form sides, kind of just really trying to play and look pretty awful. Um, and this to me, echoes that game, really. Um, obviously, West Ham went to Chelsea, which was a London derby, so it had a bit more fizz about it. Um, and and that game against Villa just reminded me of two drunks having a fight. They kind of knew what they wanted to do, but they they, were, they didn't know how to do it and uh, they couldn't couldn't execute. And uh, it, it ended 1-0. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this one end 1-0 either way. You know, Everton haven't got any cutting edge. They brought in Mopey from, from um, Brighton who who'd now gone down the pecking and order at Brighton and, and we all know about Brighton creating the chances and not being able to finish them off, uh, or as many of them as they should do, and and really that largely falls at the door of Morpey. And we saw that against Liverpool, a couple of chances for him. And he, he seems to be a striker that needs to have five or six chances to score one. He ain't going to get five or six chances in his Everton side. Really, you, you, you need a striker that's going to be able to score one in two, um, or, or better. Really, to be fair, um, and so Everton just haven't got that cutting edge. And um, it, it's it's a tough watch. To be fair, um, we've seen how they're set up. We've seen how they're playing. Kind of counter attack. Not very entertaining. Not great to watch. Sit deep. Um, and like I said, I can just see this being a little bit of a ball fest. If a side gets goal. We'll be lucky and um, and then it'll be a case of them trying to hold on to it. That's how I see it panning out. I think this one ended 1-0 last season. So it all points towards being a, a proper low-scoring affair, which won't be much of an entertaining watch.
1: Nigel, the UK broadcasters will bill this as Super Sunday Clash. It's far <laughs> from going to be <laughs> super, isn't it?
0: No, uh, well, I agree with Jack again. I mean, I, I, I've disagreed with him on a few times on this podcast. Um, Are we recording but, um, it? Yeah, <laughs> and and and, and um, uh, but I'm, but I'm, I have to agree with him on this one occasion as well. It was one of the, the better bets of the weekend for me. I'm more of an under man than an over man, even though we're going to come on to a, a bet in a minute where, where I like the overs. But um, this one just just screams under for all the reasons that Jack said. The other thing as well is obviously it's a weekend of managers going back to former clubs. You know. David Moyes taking back West Ham back to Goodison Park. For years and years he did really well. But what he did really well at, um, at at Goodison Park was he made them hard to beat. He he made it very difficult, he defensively sound. And that that sort of that's putting what, what Everton are at the moment. They are a very, very difficult side to beat, four draws in succession, because they've they've got a very good defense. I mean, Connor Cody's come into what is a as established defence. They're very hard to beat at home, which which is a very, very difficult place to go. Uh, they've got a decent goalkeeper. I don't know if Pickford's back. Pickford might be, is Pickford back for this game? I don't know he's, he's was injured, but he, he's out. So that's a bit of a blow for them. But on the other side, West Ham come here with wholesale new faces, and it's going to take a bit of time for them to gel. Uh, I love the point of the fact that they're playing in Europe on a Thursday, which is always a distraction on a Thursday. them playing on a Sunday. I don't like to get with teams on that situation. Uh, if you look at the, the season so far, this season with Jack has said three goals, only scored in all of Everton's home games, but in their six games in the Premier League, five of them have gone under two and a half goals, cashed on under two and a half goals. The only game that didn't cash on the under two and a half goals was that game against Aston Villa, where we Aston Villa scored a very, very, very late goal. I think it was about the 89th, 90th minute, something like that. And exactly the same for uh, for West Ham. Five of their six games this season have all been under two and a half goals, but have cashed and the only one that didn't. Was that crazy game, which looked like it was going to be very low scoring until the last ten minutes in a frenzy between West Ham and, and Chelsea? So really, you could be sitting here saying every single one of these two sides in twelve games combined them under two and a half goals as cash. Everton don't have a striker. I, I I mean I've I've you know we I've always been critical of um, Brighton and people who use the XG model because I think the fact is if a, if you create all the chances and the, and the striker don't score unless you change the striker he's still going to have the same problem week in and week out you know everybody thinks oh well they've created some chances it's going to turn but well, it, it, it isn't and mope was as jack said is one of the main reasons for that he looks a complete panic buy to me, a complete anata panic buy. They need a striker. Everyone they went to Everton, they probably put 10 million on the price because they knew they were desperate. And they and, and and they got a good bit of business from someone who didn't deliver the goods at Brighton. They're desperate to replace with They haven't replaced him. Calvert-Lewin is out and not looking the player he was. He's more interested in fashion modeling <laughs> than, than playing in, in, in the Premier League. Uh, when you think about that guy, I mean, he was the Harry Kane's like deputy, wasn't he? And he was certain yeah. to go to then what? Yeah, he, he could be the new Delhi Alley, he could. But, um, if you think about it, if you think about it, just just it just looks a logic game. I mean, one goal I think will win this, and I wouldn't like to predict which way it will go, but I think under two and a half goals here, like I say, it was minus 125 at the, when I sent the bets through, it's now up to minus 132, but even at those lines. It's very hard. Uh, just one thing: if ever me and Jack agree on a play, our records this season isn't very good. We had a bad week just before the when the Premier League was before the Premier League was suspended. We're now minus six units uh, for the season, which isn't isn't very good. But um, it will come good. If we ha- every play we put put up here, we have a one unit pick on, and if we agree, like we are agreeing on this one, that will be. Rated as a two-unit play. So if if myself and Jack ever agree on a pick, we have a a two-unit pick on it rather than a one-unit pick. So for this one, it's a two-unit bet on uh, on under two-and-a-half goals at minus
1: 132. Nice one. Nice one. Um, Nigel, let's stick with you uh, because you've gone second uh, on both of the bets uh, so far. Mm -hmm. And there's another bet that you guys agree on as well in the Nottingham Forest against Fulham game. So we'll start off with Nigel on this one, and then we'll come to Jack in a moment. Well, this game is Friday night. It's
0: obviously Friday night. So if you if you are watching this, make sure you bet. I think it's going to be around about, I don't know, I don't know if it's 7.45 or 8 o'clock, but it's around about 2.45 Eastern time or 3 o'clock Eastern time to check the, the kickoff time. But make sure you get your bets on it because it's a Friday night game. Uh, the one thing about Nottingham Forest this season is that, you know, I thought they would do okay. I thought they would do all right. And I thought the reason why they do all right is because the manager, I thought the manager would have enough about him to keep them up. To keep them up. No, I'm not saying top, top half, but they bought so many players in the transfer window. Absolutely loads. And sometimes when you buy so many players, it doesn't work. And at the moment, Nottingham Forest look all over the place defensively. Mm-hmm. We talk about Bournemouth, but this Nottingham Forest side, they play in an attractive way. It just means they leave themselves vastly open at the back. And they are conceding chances and goals more alarming rate in the Premier League. And when you consider some of the... Goals they've conceded against arguably the worst team the Premier League has seen in Bournemouth probably for the last three or four years or, or every, on their expected points would be probably considered the, the worst. And that's that sides caused three goals against you. You're you're in for a tough season. And um, I, I think the, the alarming goals they conceded is another thing. The other thing I think is is a big concern for Nottingham Forest. Now I don't I don't think he's going to get the job but he's certainly a contender. The fact that uh, Brighton are looking at uh, Steve Cooper as a potential manager, now he's third favourite in the list. You know, this, this, the guy from lawn is the, the heavy favourite, but he's third favourite in the list, and that is a distraction. I don't care what you say, that's a distraction because uh, Nottingham Forest need to keep that manager with all these new signs. They're all these players, it's his club, and they need to keep him. So that is a distraction. So I feel this game here is a real difficult one, and I think it's one really to determine two things. Are the Forest really in big trouble on the other, on the flip side, are Fulham the real deal? And I think Fulham are a really good side. I said uh, when we did the, the Premier League preview that I thought the Fulham will surprise everybody. I thought they're more likely to be in the top 10 than at the relegation. And that is what's happened. Mitrovic is on fire. You know, can, can he do it in the Premier League? Can he not do it in the Premier League? They're a young team. We work hard for each other. Kenny in midfield is playing exceptionally well. The the, um, the manager's a proven manager in the in the Premier League, and he, and he's doing really really well at a club, and, and he and he's got a real good base of a young team there to work with that are going to surprise everybody. They should have beaten Liverpool on the opening day of the season. They they've only lost one game all season, um, and in in all their games, overs has pretty much been a, a done thing. They failed to score in just one match. Mitrovic has more shots, as Jack's alluded to, so many times uh, whenever <laughs> we talk about Fulham. You know, he, he's just, apart from Haaland, he would be the, the main talking point in the Premier League this season. And with that not in a forest defence and the way that these two managers like to play, I just can't see anything other than a high-scoring game hit. And I'm shocked that over two and a half goals is minus 110. I mean, really, I mean, I, I thought it would be minus 130, And and the and the unders would be plus one twenty or something like that, but it's minus one ten. It's more or less a pick'em game on the on the betting concern. And I think if you did a straw poll of everybody and said which one do you do you think this will be over or under, and you got fifty, you got double your money, you you, you take overs all day long. So I really like the overs in this game. It's not my strongest bet. I think the under two and a half would be my strongest bet, but uh, I, I always worry with overs. At least with the unders, you start winning. (laughs) That's how how I look at it. But um, I I, I can't see this game. The way the two teams set up, the way they are playing at the moment, defensive frailties and and, and Fulham at at Forest and Fulham being very, very good offensively, I think there's goals
1: in the game. Jack, let's come to you for your take on this one.
2: Yeah, all all those points, really. And I think uh, with Forest, they went in with a lot of expectation. The fans, obviously, quite rightly so, Happy to be back after 20 years, and we're loving it. Obviously, seeing the players come in, um, fuel that excitement. uh, Very interesting or weird, depending on your outlook. But as we said, 21, 22 players. They've even trying to pick up free agents so they can keep bringing new players in. But it's it's they've kept the same back three. So they've put all those other players, brought all those other players in, but kept the same defense, and it's a championship defense. And obviously, these two were in the championship last season, um, but Fulham scored four goals against these last year at the city ground. Um, Same managers in situ. Uh, Mitrovic scored a couple that day. So they're going to go there in in super confident mood. And um, say, Forest have only kept one clean sheet this season. Fulham actually have only kept one clean sheet as well. So that screams goals in itself. Um, And as Nigel said, the only time um, Fulham haven't scored so far this season was against Wolves, which we all know... um, say Nigel's favourite bet there and and that's a that's a fact, you know, they've, they've got the best defence in the league, worst worst attack of Wolves and uh, Mitrovic missed the penalty that day, so yeah, they should have even scored in that one, he should have scored in every single game so far this season instead of five of the six and uh, they should have scored in every single game this season instead of five of the six, so um, they've got all the makings for it and, and like I, say, I think the alarm bells will be ringing at, at Forest certainly because yeah they could have took the defeat to Man City although it was a heavy one they could have took the defeat to Spurs um, because they you know they were they were bigged up for the fact that they went for it I still think Spurs rope a dope to bit that one but um, that defeat to um, uh, Bournemouth last time out when I think they were probably getting cigars out at halftime 2-0 up to then concede three goals in 45 minutes against a, a Bournemouth side that we've said is, is, is going to struggle this season. Certainly will ring alarm bells, but we'll make other sides go, we can really get at this Forest side that do leave themselves, as you say, wide open because they're, they're, they're full on attack. The wing backs are bomb on. They've got, you know, both sides will, will, will be well advanced. And Fulham have set up this season to be, not have the ball too much hit on the counter-attack and, and be, be ruthless and say that they've scored lots of goals, look very strong, and so Mitrovic is and that. Mean and lean, as we've said before. So um expecting to um, be licking his lips to have a, a chance to add to his tally so far
1: this season on Friday night, for sure. Indeed, uh, indeed. Uh, those are the bets then for this week. Uh, the guy's pretty much uh, singing from the same hymn sheet with uh with uh, most of the games, at least, uh, that have been picked. Anything to add before I uh, tell people where they can follow us, how they can uh, listen to the podcast? Go on, Nigel. Just, I uh, know, obviously, there's uh, loads of content again. Obviously, it's a big um,
0: week of sport and a big week of soccer. We've got nine leagues covered on the, the Bet Rivers Network. Obviously, next week, we've got the Nations League, where the guys are going to do some picks on the international football. It's an international break next week, so there'll be no Premier League show. Uh, yeah, and obviously there's a, the golf uh, tournament going on in Rome and the, and the PGA Tour is back as well. And tennis is a week off this week, but that returns uh, with myself and Sean after our success at the US Open. So lots of good mm-hmm. content on UFC as well, on there as well. So lots of lots of good content on the Bet Rivers Network. The subscribers are growing very well and the views are growing very well. So long may that continue. But I think the big news of the week, obviously, Harry, is that we can't wait for two videos. I think the, the I think the video the, we, we we can't wait for QPR we Stoke video to hear what you have to say from Loftus Road, and then we'll all be on Tenderhooks on Sunday to hear your, from your 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 commentary or your information from the Brentford Community Stadium where Brentford host Arsenal. So I think that is the big news of the week, and one that I'm sure the listeners and the subscribers and the followers on Twitter
2: just can't wait to see. The, yeah. the impartial yeah. views yeah. from Sunday, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah of yeah. course. Yeah. Absolutely, Revenge on what? the
2: on the menu this weekend. I will
0: guarantee you, Jack. It will be saying, "I've got this video, but I can't. I can't get an internet action. There's no internet <laughs> access. Uh, it's really bad Wi-Fi." <laughs> <laughs> you, know, no, you look no, at his no, Twitter no. page, on. and he's tweeting about all the formations. Chatting when... to someone about whether uh, Jesus is a good signing, and uh, <laughs> you go to the Brazilian World Cup, but he can't get internet. No, when you people. go,
1: when you go as media and you go as press, there is no Wi-Fi issues because you get okay. the, the stadium Wi-Fi. The oh, problem yeah. is when you get to a stadium, as soon as it's it outside, so then it? it's people, outside, then it trains. In the trains, you want a video from the trains? I could do that from bloody the end of my road, and you're yeah, walking know. up
0: to the ground in the ground. The nah, ambience, to the ma- big match build up, Harry.
1: It's Come not. on, what, what big match build up do you get at QPR? A few Ooh. people standing with cans. I hope this goes viral.
0: I hope this goes viral, and someone <laughs> starts giving you some stick on uh, Saturday for saying that Ooh. the walk
1: from White City Station to Loftus Road is. Oh, not don't get your phone movie. out
0: that way, you're in trouble, you're big, big trouble. <laughs>
1: brilliant stuff guys uh, thank you so much make sure you are subscribed to the bet rivers network youtube channel if you are listening to this on audio format please make sure you're subscribed and leave us a review you can give us a follow on twitter at because we win because we win and uh, we can keep you across all of the latest content and information there. Uh, We'll be back very, very soon uh, with more. As Nigel says, it is an international break next week, so there will be no Premier League action to discuss, but we'll be back shortly after that and keep your eyes peeled for the Nations League content coming your way. Until next time, take care of yourselves. All the best.
2: Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network.